0: Currick is a North Pennines name for a cairn, a pile of stones marking a place, boundary, or route. In this part of northern England, they were also used to mark locations with good vantage points to watch for border reavers, the perpetrators of nighttime raids between feuding families both north and south of the English Scottish border from the 13th century to the 17th. The Reaver lifestyle died out after the ascendancy of James VI of Scotland to the English throne as James I in 1603 and the later Act of Union in 1707. Many Reaver families moved across hills and valleys, seeking employment in the growing industry of lead mining. The view from Bolt's Law reaches far across the Tyne Valley and includes the famous Winsill, a volcanic ridge ...that holds the Roman wall built on the order of Emperor Hadrian in 122 AD. Auden wrote a radio play called Hadrian's Wall that was broadcast live on the BBC Home Service in 1937. It was a collaboration with the British composer Benjamin Britten writing music for the play... The script is lost, and the only part of the play we know of is the song Roman Wool Blues. Auden took the words and published it as a poem, as part of a set called Twelve Songs. It tells of the woes of a Roman soldier from afar, posted to the most northerly frontier of the Roman Empire. It starts... Over the heather the wet wind blows, I've lice in my tunic and a cold in my nose... The rain comes pattering out of the sky. I'm a wall soldier. I don't know why. The mist creeps over the hard grey stone. My girl's in Tungria. I sleep alone. In 1954, W. H. Auden wrote an article for the American edition of Vogue magazine, a suggested six-day travel itinerary from London to Edinburgh. He extols the virtue of visiting the Pennines en route, the chain of limestone hills, he says, which runs due north, up the centre of England, from Derbyshire to Northumberland. He warns his readers, though, it's not an area for those who like their landscape cosy. To qualify, one must have a proper moral sense about the points of the compass. North must seem the good direction, the way towards heroic adventures south the way to ignoble ease and decadence day five of the itinerary reads to get its full flavor take the road from Alston to Nenthead the highest village in the kingdom turn right to Colclough, bear left by a rather rough road till the river Allen is reached then right to Allenheads then left over into Rookup the most wonderfully desolate of all the Dales. And finally, on reaching the Weir at Eastgate, turn left for Stanhope. The valley widens and the landscape becomes gentler. In the words of a Victorian visitor, he says, it's umbrageous riches and deep seclusion afford the highest delight to a lover of nature. But, Auden goes on, on turning north, one re-enters the fells before reaching Blanchland. Blanchland was once a monastery, and one enters the village through a battlemented arch. It is a number of years now since I stayed at the Lord Crewe Arms, but no other spot brings me sweeter memories. Blanchland is a few miles northeast of Boltslaw, nestled in the Derwent Valley, beyond the towers of Sykehead Mine Works and the Presser Engine House. Auden's collaboration with Christopher Isherwood on the play The Dog Beneath the Skin, or as it is also known, Where is Francis? starts with a scene in a village called Presan Ambo. The audience is left to decide exactly where the village is. It goes like this We would show you at first an English village. You shall choose its location. Wherever your heart directs you most longingly to look, you are loving towards it." There is no doubt which village Auden had in mind as he worked on the play. Pressan is most likely taken from the name of the presser, as in the presser engine works and its tower, which we can just see. An ambo is a pulpit used in the early and contemporary Orthodox churches positioned to one side. It often has a counterpart on the other side. Ambo translates as edge or rim. Blanchland is on the opposite side of the Derwent Valley to the Presser Engine Works and is just across the border into Northumberland on its edge. The village of Blancheland was originally a monastery and was turned into a delightful designed village in the 18th century by Lord Nathaniel Crewe, a former Bishop of Durham. The Lord Crewe Trust remain the landlord of the village, the Lord Crewe Arms, and surrounding farmland. The surname of the family central to the story is Crewe. Early in the play, the vicar of Pressan is speaking. He says this, the ancient family of Crewe, it may perhaps be known to you, for generations owned the land, the farms, the fields on which we stand. Sir Bingham Crewe, who was the last, God rest his soul, for he has passed, we touched our hats to. had a son, a handsome lad, his only one, called Francis, who was to succeed him. Would he were here, we badly need him. They quarrelled, I'm sad to say, and so ten years ago today... Young Francis packed and ran away, leaving behind him no address. Where he has gone, we cannot guess. For since that day, no news at all of where he is has reached the hall. In fact, we do not even know if he be living still or no. Turn and retrace your steps back past the trig point. Make a right turn onto the path. Continue along the path to where it meets a gate through a fence.